Welcome to the Mending Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Hoyt, and along with my sister, Lena Hoyt, a licensed marriage and family therapist, we want to help you recover from trauma, whether it's childhood trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, or any other trauma sustained from abuse or narcissistic relationships, we want to help you develop skills and ways that can help you to recover from the symptoms and the effects of trauma. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, Amy here. Are you feeling stuck or overwhelmed by things that pop up in your daily life? And perhaps these are because of past traumas or toxic stress. Have you tried traditional therapy and found that it wasn't enough? I know that was the case for me. That's why we developed the Whole Health Lab. Mini Trauma has put together a program that combines the latest research with proven methods to help you recover from trauma and move forward from these daily stressors and triggers. We use somatic therapy, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, and internal family systems therapy. We use nervous system regulation, and many other tools so that we can combine the best methods that are identified in the research to help you recover without being completely overwhelmed. So you can work on trauma on your own pace, your own time, and still with the mentorship and support of a highly trained certified staff. That's us. No more waiting for appointments or sitting in traffic, driving to see a therapist. With our online program, The Whole Health Lab, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, even on an app. Visit mendingtrauma.com backslash whole health lab and learn more. Get your questions answered. We've got a frequently asked questions section and sign up so that you can have this life-changing program in your world today. Don't let your past hold you back any longer. Take control of your future and we can't wait to see you in The Whole Health Lab. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. We are excited to be with you. And it's the middle of January 2024. We're, we're, you know, a few days in already halfway through January. So what we thought we would talk about today is dry January, and especially how dry January can be impacted if you've had trauma. Because trauma, trauma is um, the number one link to addiction is trauma. And so the trauma and, and dry January are going to be kind of um, interwoven. And if you're having struggles with dry January, there is a reason. Yes. So we did an episode last January, I believe, about dry January. And for those of you who haven't had a chance to listen to that, you're welcome to go back and take a listen. But just as a real brief recap, Dry January is typically the month where most people choose not to drink because they have had a lot more alcohol than normal during the holidays. And so it's kind of a a reset, which coincides with the health focus that a lot of people have in the new year. So if you are doing dry January, great job. Congratulations. Um, If you're not, that's okay, too. But we want to talk about why trauma and addiction or drinking specifically can be related. So, Lane, talk to us about the link between addiction and trauma. Why do we see so much addiction as a symptom after trauma? 
I think a lot of research indicates that it's because um, after trauma, we have an extraordinarily difficult time with um, nervous system regulation. And what any addiction does or what any excessive habit does is it can numb us. And numbing is kind of what we get mixed up with calm, actually, after trauma. And so we're looking for calm, but we don't really know what that looks like. And the numbing behaviors that we engage in allow us a brief respite or reprieve from the pain of some of the symptoms that we're having. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. We were talking about this last night in our um, community connection in our whole health lab program. We have different groups throughout the week. And um, the one last night was really interesting because we were talking about how when we are numbing ourselves, whether it's through alcohol or food or sex, whatever it is, when we're numbing out, it's to avoid those really uncomfortable feelings that come from trauma. And one thing that it reminded me of is this early insight into my trauma healing journey of this fear, this like such acute fear that if I allowed myself to feel the feelings I was trying to avoid, that they would swallow me up whole and I would not survive. And I think what's interesting is we can experience trauma as children or a single event trauma. And we think we're, you know, we're kind of on the mend, we're doing okay. And then these, these sensations come, these feelings come up and they seem like they're coming out of nowhere. And because they are so overwhelming, we want them to stop. And that's where the drinking or the eating or yeah, whatever it is, and everyone has a mechanism. It could be overworking. That's where that comes in. So I love that you're describing that link between numbing addiction and um, trauma. And just to be clear, you know, participating in dry January is not some sort of admission that you have addiction. Um, it could just simply be that, you know, you are not wanting to, to drink this month. Yeah, that's a great clarification, Amy. I think one of the things that um, has come out of some of my work with people after the pandemic is this realization that during the pandemic, and it makes total sense, people engaged more in numbing out behaviors, whether it was drinking or um, gambling or addiction to social media. And participating in dry January is a nod to your health in general. And again, as you said, it doesn't mean that you're addicted, but we wanted to focus on why changing habits that are numbing habits can be so difficult when we've had trauma. And it makes perfect sense. We want people to understand that they can be compassionate to themselves and that it makes sense given the history that you might opt to numb out sometimes. And so if you're participating in dry January and you're white knuckling it and it's just excruciating, know that um, there's a reason for this. And the reason is because this numbing behavior has served to help you survive to this point. So again, we're going back to that self-compassion. All of our 
maladaptive practices that we use after trauma are for our survival. And um, so in that sense, they have helped us get to this place. And two things can be true. And it's okay that we can move through that now and use other um, ways to cope. And that's what many of us experience when we're trying to change deeply ingrained habits. But as we understand that the habits were set up kind of in an instant um, during a very overwhelming traumatic event or during um, kind of the dynamic family, the family dynamics that we had, and some of those might have been really overwhelming. If we understand that those were so that we could survive and that now we can learn some new things, it helps us not feel so much shame and guilt about some of our numbing behaviors. And as soon as we feel shame and guilt, we are actually back in our limbic brain, our fight or flight. In polyvagal theory, um, they identify the state as a sympathetic state. And we're, we're, our brain is activated and we want to feel better. So approaching these changes from a place of guilt and shame is going to make it harder to make the changes. So let's say you tried dry January and it didn't go so well for you. You weren't able to, to go the whole month. Um, first step is to talk to yourself as you would a close friend. Okay. So that's, that's one way that we can show self-compassion is by using that same empathy and love and care that we use for our loved ones that so often we don't use for ourselves, using it for ourselves. So that's step one. Step two, we want to lower your brain, um, the, the threat response of the brain to doing dry January. And so perhaps a month is too much. Maybe your brain felt too threatened. That was too difficult. And that's okay too. So we thought we would give you a micro step um, to kind of try again if that if you're able to. And so that micro step for me, what I do, and I do this every every day still, is I'm not going to drink today, or I'm not going to drink until five o'clock, or. And so when we set a very very small small micro step our brain is able to enter into that without feeling threatened and we can be much more successful. Yes. Because anytime we say to ourselves, I'm going to make this big change. So that's why diets don't work because we do this, this um, typically what we've done in past decades is we've done this abrupt change into something very harsh. And as soon as the brain knows that we're going to do something and we're going to withhold things from ourselves it puts up a lot of resistance and this is all subconscious. We're not sitting around thinking about it, but if we understand that when we are trying to make a significant change, our brain is pissed, then the concept of micro steps or mini habits becomes really powerful. And any change that we make towards more health um, is going to benefit us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first step, self-compassion. Second step, a micro step. Anything else you want to add, Lena, to help people who have either, you know, they're 
not able to do a whole month, or maybe they didn't start dry January and they want to start now? I think our biggest enemy usually is our thoughts. Um, and so when people are, um, when they can be aware of their thoughts and then notice that those are thoughts that they're having. So in our vernacular today in America, we talk about how I feel like a loser. I feel lame. Those are not feelings. Those are thoughts. So when we can accurately identify, I'm having a thought that I'm really a loser because I didn't do as well as I wanted to in this goal. Then we are less overwhelmed by feelings and we have less limbic system activity that we want to then shut down through soothing. So being able to be aware of our thoughts and then accurately labeling our thoughts versus an emotion becomes a really powerful tool. And then the other thing, when you're talking about step one, one of the workshops I went to back in, I think it was like 2014, um, talked about how if you can write yourself a note that has, as if you were talking to a dear friend, that that has a lot of powerful impact. And sometimes that can do more for us than just thinking about it. So that might be an additional step that may be helpful for people. I love that. I love that for two reasons. One, because agreed, I might start thinking, okay, I'm going to talk to myself like I would talk to my friend and then I'll, my you know, rabbit, squirrel, <laughs> then all of a sudden back in the hypercritical voice. And so writing it out is going to keep me consistent with my self-compassion. But also there's a lot of research about pen to paper, writing out what's going on and how that can actually help calm our nervous system. I love that. The other thing I wanted to mention, and I think we've mentioned it in previous podcasts, but we do have our new um, nervous system reset journal that is linked in our website, mendingtrauma.com. And that is a wonderful way to start tracking your nervous system states and how you are, the sensations and the feelings that you have each day so that you can start to understand, oh, I'm, I'm feeling really activated. I might be in sympathetic. That, that means I'm probably going to start looking for some numbing stuff. What else can I do? And in the journal, we have different suggestions for somatic tools that can help give us that peace and calm that ultimately we're looking for. Yes. And I love our journal. I think it's really designed to move people along in these really subtle mini steps that the brain is less likely to be um, resistant to. And if we can um, have awareness without judgment, that is going to be the key to finding more peace and healing more effectively and quickly. So a lot of us can have awareness, but it's accompanied by judgment. And the judgment, again, puts us back in that place where we just want to feel better, so we want to numb out. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We are so excited for everything the, the new year is going to bring um, in terms of healing and, and helping you and as well as ourselves to stay on this healing journey of um, recovering from trauma. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mending Trauma Podcast. Lane and I are really grateful that you spend time with us each week. We know you have a choice and that time is currency. 
We would love if you would share this episode on social media and tag us so we can reshare. If you feel so inclined, go and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to pods so that we can get the word out and help more people. We know that we are all working hard on our mental health and we wish you great success this week in implementing these new skills. We'll check in next week.